You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us today once again is John Pullman. John, welcome back to the show. Hey Chris, great to be back with you. John is a regular contributor to Ducks Unlimited Magazine, Ducks.org, and of course the podcast here. Um, And I brought John on today to talk about something that a lot of waterfowl hunters are out doing right now. This is something that's timely. um, And and hopefully this little conversation will help people with that early Canada goose action. These early season hunts can be fantastic. Um, I grew up doing them. It was one of my favorite hunts of the year. John, I know you take advantage of this as much as possible, um, but you put together a couple different articles and we've just kind of got one that we pulled up here, but just tips for those early season candidates. Yeah, they're, they're a fun bird to hunt. Um, you know, it's one of the, we've had opportunities here in South Dakota where I live um, for the last probably 20 some years uh, since we started um, the early September season for the birds. I actually have opportunities now in August as well for them. That's, you know, it's kind of the first bit, first way to kick off the season for hunters in this part of the country. And they are, they're a lot of fun. They can be frustrating. Um, I don't, I, it's, it's, I think it's gotten a little bit harder over the years uh, to hunt them. It seems like they've kind of adapted a little bit, but they sure are a fun bird to hunt. And like I say, it's just a great way to, to kick off the fall hunting season. Yeah, and usually with some of these earlier seasons, there's pretty liberal limits, mainly because a lot of what you're hunting there is uh, some residential birds, maybe some molt migrants, things like that. But really, a lot of those early, especially August, are are almost like resident. That's what I grew up hunting in Indiana, and I know they do it here in Tennessee a little bit, and in most states have like that early resident hunt. Um, So some of those tactics do change. Like you said, they're, they're adapting a little bit, even from back when you started doing it. What has changed the most you know, for your approach to these early season geese? You know, the the early season honkers here are, they are not always a very social bird. They are still in family, uh, family groups. They are, I think they are really, they get harder to, they become harder to decoy. Um, I, cause I think they have become maybe even less social and there are obviously there are exceptions to this, you know, every season where you just, you line it up just right. And you, you put the herd on them, you know, like you did back in the old days. But I think that that's one of the things that that has changed is that I think that they, again, they're they're not super social early in the year. They're they're hanging out in family groups, and so they don't decoy like they would. You can't manipulate them with decoys and calling quite like you do later in the year. And I just think that that aspect of it has gotten a little bit uh, gotten a little bit harder. Um, but that you know the 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 
reality of that situation um, kind of impacts how you uh, how you hunt how you hunt the birds early in the year uh, just in terms of their um, you know small group not social status um, they uh, there are some things that you can do to kind of target them uh, because of those habits early uh, in September early in the year yeah and you kind of mentioned that in this article where not necessarily saying that they're less social but you know one of the most important factors in that with birds that are less social and, and uh, is scouting, kind of being right where they want to be. So you're yeah. not relying on them necessarily decoying. I mean, you can use that, but, um, you know, really being very effective with your scouting it will pay dividends here. Absolutely. I don't know if there is a more important time to be on the X from beginning of the season to the end of the season here in South Dakota, where I hunt, quite frankly, anywhere up here in the upper Midwest, up in the Northern Plains, uh, there's probably no more important time to be on the X than these early season Canada geese. Um, being off by 15, 20, 25, 30 yards even um, can have a huge impact on the birds being in shooting distance, you know, centering you up, uh, being, uh, um, being in range. So it is vitally important that when you are scouting them that you figure out exactly where they are. And so, you know, one of the things that, that we do is, um, when we, you know, we find a, a field with birds, um, you know, uh, we get permission on the field, we get permission to go out, drive a vehicle out in the field. We let the birds, you know, the night before we're going to hunt, we let the birds leave on their own, you know, keep your distance, don't scare them out of there, let them leave on their own, and then drive out and find the freshest feathers and, uh, you know, uh, goose droppings that you can, and then leave something in the field, whether it's a, a utility flag or a five-gallon bucket or an old cooler, whatever it is, so you know the next morning exactly where to go because um, like I say it's if you're off the X a little bit those birds are habituated to being in a certain spot in that field and they are they just they aren't always willing to decoy or you know allow you to to, to manipulate them with a flag or calling or decoys they're going to land where they want to land so if you are exactly where they want to be your odds for success just go up that much more absolutely I ran into that last year just kind of a quick little side story um, I was hunting in northern Minnesota it was late September early October their season had just opened and these are early season birds they're i mean they're practically residents up there we set up in a like a rye field you know decoys out guys calling we got layout blinds brushed and we had probably the first two or three flocks of the morning just landed like 110 yards right in front of our decoys right out in front of them and so they're completely out of range and there's nothing worse than those first few flocks landing on the X and you're a hundred yards off the X because guess what the next few flocks are going to do? They're going to go right with that first flock that landed. And so we had to sit there and watch geese land in front of us out of gun range for like an hour before they finally bounced out. And then we caught some birds later in the morning. But uh, being on that X in that early season is really, really important. Yeah, it it can turn into a really frustrating morning uh, when you're off. <laughs> yeah. and it just, it really can. And so, like I say, Put a priority on making sure you know where those birds want to be, and then that's where you that's where you set up. Absolutely. And now decoys. You know, decoys is something that, uh, especially with goose hunters, it appears to be more and more and more always seems to be better. Um, but in your article, you kind of mentioned that more is not really better in this case. Not necessarily. No, I think uh, I think you put it keep it pretty realistic. Um, you know, if you've got a certain number of birds that are using the field, you know, I wouldn't use any more decoys than that. Um, it's it's something where, and again, like I 
say there are exceptions to this. You know, folks that are listening may say, well, I, you know, I, I did this. I put out twice as many and it worked. I, you know, there are exceptions to it, but by and large, my experience is that, you know, I don't want to overload the field early in the season for honkers because it just doesn't seem to work. It's so we're, we're really trying to use a, a realistic number and then also realistic positioning of the decoys as well. Family groups that, um, you know, maybe you, you group these decoys and family groups that give you pockets of shooting areas, not necessarily one shooting hole out in the front of your blinds, but maybe a number of different um, possible landing zones for those birds. Um, again, because they are, they're just, they're not, they don't act the way that late, later season Canada geese do. And so um, to keep things realistic in terms of how you place your decoys and how many you put out there, then that's just seemed to work for us uh, pretty well here in the past. Yeah. And I think, you know, doing this in Indiana growing up, I mean, we tried to stick with, make it look almost like family grouping. So even if we were using three or four dozen decoys, which felt like even a lot, we were spreading those out. Um, So you've got eight here, 13 here, you know, you're spreading these into little clumps and, and kind of family groups to make them look like a separate flock, but all one, you know, big decoy spread. And I think that's a, that's a good thing to remember, especially in the early season as well. Um, you know, this time of year, these birds sometimes are not, you mentioned it a couple of times, they're not nearly as vocal. What about the calling aspect of this? You know, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys about early season honkers over the years. Uh, one that comes to mind is Tony Vandemore in Missouri. Um, and, you know, his, in terms of calling, one of his tips is that, you know, he leans really heavily on the scouting and being on the X. And I think he, you know, he limits his calling for these early season birds, does not overcall at them because, again, it just it doesn't seem to be something that that works well for them. If you're in the right spot, um, you know, you've done your scouting, um, uh, chances are you're just not going to need to do as much calling. Obviously, birds are leaving if they're if they're flared off or if they, you know, something's not quite right in their mind and they're and they're starting to leave. Well, then by all means, what do you got to lose? You get after them uh, with a call and, and and lay it on pretty heavy. But you know, I can think of a number of times hunting early season honkers where I see the line of birds out in the distance. Um, you know, we may give a wag of the flag, a wave of the flag and some clucks and some, and some honks just to make a little bit of noise. But if they are on a line for the decoys in that field, I'm quiet. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying a single thing, um, until they do something that tells me that they need to hear, they need some help. They need to hear something and then, then we'll make some noise. But if they're on a line and they're coming at me, I'm not going to get in their way. And, uh, again, it just seems like that has worked really well in the past. Um, I love calling as much as the next guy, but I love more uh, putting birds on the ground. And so, uh, you know, I'll put the call down if I don't need to. And um, it just, it seems to work. Don't call, don't call if you don't need to. Yeah. You know, I did a, I did a piece for the magazine a couple of years back where kind of early season Canada goose. And I talked to Field Hudnall who, I mean, world champion goose caller. And he's like, yeah, I don't call, <laughs> you know, so that kind of just shows, you know, these guys who are, you know, world champion goose callers and take it in the early season and he's putting all of his emphasis like you said on scouting being in the right field having your decoys in the right spot that look natural but he's really not putting any emphasis on calling now he, he says he will like you said there's certain situations birds kind of bailing out or things like that or even after the shot chris in all honesty mm-hmm. you know when you, if you shoot into a flock of birds if you're dealing with you know young birds that don't that are confused maybe don't know what's going on if you lay it on after you know afterwards sometimes you can call those birds back around for another opportunity uh, you know but you know when it comes to guys like field and tony and those guys that are true pros at what they do i think 
and this is something that is appropriate for hunting situations throughout the year is that they're they are just observant they're watching the birds and they are they're not going to do something just for the sake of doing it they they'll try it and if it's not working they're gonna they're gonna do something different and sometimes that means not calling at all but they really are paying attention to what the birds are telling them to do and you know that works for september honkers and it works for, works for december mallards as well You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Now, the next aspect of this, and this is interesting because when you wrote this piece, this was this is from a long time ago. <laughs> Just reading it, I could tell like, oh man, this is this is old. But what the cool part about this is things have changed so much as far as blinds, portable yeah. blinds. We did an entire podcast, what, last season or two seasons ago where we just talked about blinds and we could probably do another one this year because there's so many new different different variations but for this early season you know what are you kind of looking for in a blind so it goes back to one of the first things we talked about which is being on the x um when we're here in south dakota and you know other areas with early season uh, honker seasons you know the availability of food at that time of the year is pretty limited in terms of the food type. In South Dakota, we're talking small grains, whether that's wheat stubble or oats or uh, things along those lines. It could be silage, which is corn that's been chopped uh, very low to the ground. Um, it could be uh, alfalfa stubble. It could be, um, in other words, these are areas that sometimes have very, very, very little cover to work with. You know, so my go-to blind, you know, for this time of the year, it's not, this is different from other times of the year, but in September, my go-to blind is still going to be that layout blind because it's going to give me the lowest profile um, in uh, in an area that, that may not have a lot of cover. Um, one of the things that we will look for, you know, within the area of the X, we know the area where the birds are going to be. We'll still maybe look for areas of a little bit taller stubble or taller corn stalks or maybe a small depression to get that blind even down lower in the ground. Um, it's, again, it's it's something where you, you want to do everything you can to, to reduce that, the outline of that that blind. Another great thing, though, probably my favorite way to hunt them this time of year, though, is um, utilizing um, standing cover that's that's you know in, in the area near the X, um, particularly silage fields. That's that is a great way to um, to stay hidden. Um, you know, silage fields. A lot of times, a landowner or a farmer will cut only a portion of the field, and so you've got standing corn, and then this really short chopped corn right next to it that the birds are feeding on. And so, utilize that standing cover if you can. It's a heck of a lot easier to hide in standing corn than it is in a blind out in that silage field. You know, I know folks that do uh, that will hunt fields that have bales. Um, you know, maybe the the farmer has baled up the the, the stubble, uh, whether it's wheat or oats or whatever, and they all utilize the bales to to hide. I know some hunters if early season that will still use an A-frame or uh, some sort of a uh, panel blind situation in a field, especially maybe if there is some taller cover in the field, you can make it look something similar to 
to, whether it's a rock pile or a, you know, a bale of straw or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's kind of a, one of those things where you just see what works, uh, you know, and if it doesn't work one day, switch it up and try something next that, you know, uh, for another hunt. Um, but again, my go-to this time of the year is still going to be that layout just because of its profile. And I know that I can get exactly where those birds want to be. Yeah. And you know, it's funny thinking about that this early season is really, you know, one of the, it's a unique time for, for hunters and blinds because it seems like this early season, people are a lot more opportunistic about, cover like you said you know people are hiding behind hay bales and you know for some reason i just don't see people doing that during like the regular season a late season hunt you know they're just not they would they would set up another uh, you know way to to get in the field or have a have a a frame or even a you know low profile layout something like that but i feel like in the early season maybe it's just because people's mindsets just aren't dead set on it yet i don't know it just seems like it's a very unique time of year for the way hunters approach staying hidden Oh, for sure. For sure. There are things that we do in September that we would never do later in the year from just, uh, you know, and some of it's just a practicality. It's logistics of it. You know, later in the season, there aren't a lot of bales left in the fields up here where I hunt. Um, you know, we're not dealing with green alfalfa, you know, you know, grassing out our layout blinds with green alfalfa. You know, those are things that you only typically do in September uh, because of just the way the uh, how early it is in the season. But, you know, you do what you need to do to stay hidden. If you if you need to make use of a panel blind, you do that, um, you know, natural cover, fence line, whatever it may be. But again, going back to the first thing, make sure that you whatever blind you're using, whatever situation, you know, be as close to that X as possible. Yeah. Kind of a funny story. When I was hunting in high school, we'd do early season hunts and we'd hunt before school and you could get, you know, 45 minutes in before going into school, like a quick 45 minute hunt. And we had some places where we knew geese were going to be. And a buddy of mine that was older, he kind of hunted with us. He gave me these Canada goose shells that were like, each one of them was like five feet long and four feet wide. I mean, do you remember those? I don't remember what they were called. Oh, and they had foam on the bottom so you could float them. I mean, the heads were, you know, like two footballs together. They were just massive. And so me and my buddies, we would, we would know where these geese are going and we would go out there and we'd throw out these eight big shells and we would lay (laughs) underneath them in the middle of a field. I mean, cut low bean field or whatever it was and we would lay underneath massive decoys <laughs> and and man it was effective too but we but again we would never do that during the regular season like we never even thought about doing that you know once things got colder and the birds started doing different things we just it was like oh we're not doing that but it was so successful during the early season probably like you said young birds different time of year um, things like that but i that just dawned on me you're talking about hiding and you know unique ways i was like yeah we used to lay under these mass we called them brontosaurus geese because they looked like, I mean, they were so big. It was like, why would they even fall for these? But they did. I remember them. I remember them. And I, you know, while we're sharing two quick stories, the the very first early goose season I had, I was uh, was a uh, alfalfa field. Uh, birds have been, it had been cut, and the birds have been up in this alfalfa field, munching down the green necks. You know, the regrowth. And I, this is way before layout blinds. This is way before anything like that. We're and dating so, ourselves here, John. Oh, I know. I've been around this game for a while. And we use burlap sacks that we that we try to like stuff the the alfalfa into the burlap sack, and we just laid that on top of us. And I used floater decoys that I balanced up on top of some of the standing alfalfa. Um, you know, didn't have a field decoy to my name at that point. And we still shot birds. You know, not a ton of them, but we got a few. And then, you know, one of the first really successful uh, Canada goose hunts I had in early season hunt was one of those goose chairs where it was a. Uh, 
it was like a little, uh, you know, cot that had a giant decoy on the top of it that you flipped up. And, uh, you know, I mean, it worked. We, you know, shot a boatload of birds that day. And a lot of that, though, I think just comes down to being in the right place at the right time, doing the work scouting and, and being where the birds want to be. But a lot has changed since you and I started this game. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, that kind of leads us into our next conversation is, you know, what are some specific gear? And we can probably skip through blinds right now because we just did it. But, um, you know, any other Canada goose, early season Canada goose specific gear that, you know, people should probably look for. I know this is one that's in the back of your mind. And it's one thing that we do use here in South Dakota too early season is a thermocell mosquito repellent. Uh, we'll just clip it to the back of the blind. Um, you know, that time of year, there's a lot of dew in the, in the, in the cover. Mosquitoes can be really, really, really bad. And so we, uh, we'll use those, um, uh, just to, to make, make life a whole lot easier. Um, always bring a flag for honkers early season, really throughout the year. Um, it's one of the, one of the things that we want to have along. Um, I know we said that, that, um, don't always use them a lot, but calls are, are still something you should have with you. Um, you know, making sure that you, uh, that you have a way to make some noise if you need to, um, you know, in terms of shotgun and shot shell, I, I have been using a 20 gauge the last few years for just about everything. And that includes honkers. Um, you know, my goal is to have those in, you know, within 30 yards. And, and so that's the gun that I've been using, um, and, and have had really good success with it. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where use what, use what, you know, if you, if there's a gun that you like for ducks, use it for honkers. But my, like I say, my choice has been that 20 gauge, um, you know, outside of that, uh, decoy type, I think you can, obviously I shot them with floaters, you know, 20, some <laughs> 25 years yeah. ago, but you, you know, it's, um, decoy type i think you can use just about whatever you have whether that's silhouettes or shells or full bodies um you know just again using a realistic number and realistic location um there's not a ton of it a ton of stuff that goes into the into an early season canada goose hunt um anything come to your mind chris that that i didn't mention no i mean i think i think you pretty much covered decoy wise i mean you're it's an open you know opportunity there i mean you can go with silhouettes you can do a mix of you know a couple dozen silhouettes and maybe you know six full bodies um you know i've seen spreads like that work work really well in the early season you know i know everyone's kind of pushing towards that full body game um but getting getting full bodies out to a field sometimes can be a problem so don't be afraid to you know use other opportunities uh you were talking about calls and i was just talking about those old you know, shells that were hiding under the big brontosaurus geese. And I was thinking, I was like, man, well, I don't remember calling much, but I remember the calls that we used, and this would have been in the mid nineties, you know, early nineties. And we, I used to have one of those big river flutes. You remember those? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yes. you know, 16 inches long. This thing was, I found that in my office the other day and I put it on my shelf. I was like, oh my God, that was like almost before they, people were really into those short read goose calls. You know, um, everyone that I knew had one of those flutes, you know, that's what we all use. But, you know, you get that real loud honk out of them. It was, those things were fantastic. Absolutely. I had one myself. I still have it hanging on a lanyard at home and it, and it you know, Obviously, a short read goose call is much more versatile. You can make a lot more noise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different kinds of calls with it. But, you know, those, uh, we still killed geese back in the day uh, oh, using yeah. those calls. Uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, like you say, a lot has changed. But, um, you know, I, it's, I use that, that same call myself and, and shot birds with it. So I think the only piece of gear that I would probably add in here is, you know, maybe two, you know, one binoculars, you're going to need that for scouting. Um, and like you said, to get right on the X, that's always good to have driving around, keep your binoculars handy, but also a cooler, 
Um, and I say this because we've had some some early season hunts in Indiana that were pretty hot. And, you know, you put 15, 20 birds down um, in some of these resident hunts where you can shoot five per day in some states, some more in others. And I think South Dakota was like eight, wasn't it? 15. Oh, geez. Yeah. So you've got a mess of geese laying around. And it, the weather's warm. Um, you don't want those birds to spoil. Uh, you know, I remember a few years back we did one and, and, you know, we just threw a couple coolers in the back of the truck and a couple bags of ice in the cooler so that we could, as soon as we got done, you know, we started processing those geese because next thing, I mean, it's warm enough, you got flies and bees and, yep. you know, everything coming out. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. If you, you know, you don't want those birds to just sit in the back of your truck, you know, those things will spoil pretty quick when it's 80 degrees outside. Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. That's a great point. Something absolutely to think about how you're going to, what you're going to do with the birds after you get them, making sure you have a plan in place when it's hot, for sure. Yep, that's awesome. Well, John, this has been great. It's been a great little kind of discussion on early season geese. I think that's where most people's mindset are. You know, I've heard some rumblings even around the office here about some guys working on, uh, you know, some early resident hunts here in Tennessee. I know my buddies up in Indiana will be hitting them pretty hard. And I'm sure you guys are almost getting ready to you know, be at the, the beginning of your regular season here. So uh, not too far from it anyway. Yeah, actually, our our uh, August management take just started um, just this last weekend for Onkers. I didn't get out here this last weekend, but I've got my eye on some birds here locally around. And so we are, from now until February, able to shoot Canada geese in South Dakota. So game wow. on. It started. Game on. Yep. And 15 per day in this early season, you're going to have to bring an extra pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, the, if I'm that lucky to shoot 15, that is true, yeah. Gosh, that's a lot. Well, cool, man. This has been great, and I appreciate you coming on again. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. Anytime. I'd like to thank my guest, John Pullman, for joining us today and talking about early season Canada goose hunting. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for just being awesome and getting the show out to you guys. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.